Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Grab a slice of the epic podcast. Don't stick it in your mouth. Put it in your ear holes now. Ladies and gentlemen, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C at Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Podcast, episode 18. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And then I say, and I am your other host, and then some funny way of not actually saying my name, and then you spend a minute talking about how every month I never say my name, and I'm such a pain in the ass, and we ride this train until it totally derails, there's usually a good, like, five seconds of silence, and then I finally say, and I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord, and then you go, yay! Yay! I'm putting that bit to bed. <laughs> good. It's, it's... <laughs> Well, it only took you 18 episodes to finally just introduce your name and then let's just get on with the podcast. It's just, it's so tedious. You're tedious, <laughs> sir. You are the definition of tedious. Hmm. But we're back. Um, and let me tell you, you were missed last episode. Was sir. I? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's awfully nice. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, um, what I, what I love, uh, Chuck as, as a second banana, she's fucking fantastic. And I had a whole lot of fun podcasting with her. Um, but you know what, because, because it was being recorded on like a laptop with, with a, I don't know, some kind of like mic plugged right in into some kind of thing. Like the quality of the show, uh, suffered a little bit. The, 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 uh, uh, the, the audio quality, not necessarily the content. I think, I think. That was a damn good episode with Peter Grow, I think. But I thought it was great. Yeah. I uh, I'm not going to put any post work into this epi- into this anymore because it was it was fine. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you that for 18 episodes. Uh, maybe maybe this time you won't go crazy. I thought it was great. I thought Peter was a great guest. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, Chuck was a great uh, fill in. Yes, she was. Absolutely. Um, I thought I thought the the whole thing was great. Um, maybe taken. I might have taken issue with some of the content. Like what? Well, I mean, in a roundabout way, you kind of called me an asshole. Yeah, but it's not anything I would have said without you in the room. Well, I mean, you explicitly said I was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. but that's because I call you an asshole to your face. Do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, doing it, you're doing it now, but you're actually we're behind microphones, so that's not really the same thing. As... No, no, I've called you an asshole uh, absent of this you, podcast. You called me a totalitarian dictator. That's because you are. 
I am not a totalitarian <laughs> dictator. Um, okay. I don't even, I, <laughs> I set up microphones yeah. and then I do some editing. Right. Oh. Uh, but otherwise, you're the one piloting this boat. Uh, no, no. You keep, you like to say that, but no, no. This is this has become very much our burden. Uh, uh, and you like to say that it's it, it's mine because I don't know, maybe some sort of transference of of emotional issues or something. But you 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 you've come up with far more content for this podcast than I have over the over these eighteen episodes. No, it's no. I, I, Every month, it's and then also our catch up bit at the beginning is it's always the same every month. You come in and you're, and you're like, <laughs> so what's new? Oh well, here's a great new series I'm reading, East of West. Oh, this is terrific, and I'm reading Sex Criminals. Oh, this is excellent too, and then the, I'm really enjoying how Arrow is progressing. <laughs> what about you? And I'm like, I'm excited. The Walking Dead's back on TV. <laughs> Not playing any games. Still reading shitty Batman comics. Uh, uh, yeah, but you know what? Uh, uh, this we can all look back on that as being slices of life in a in a moment of our of our time here on this earth. I I don't know. I just find it surprising. First of all, uh, you called me an asshole, right? Uh, and then you also yeah. uh, said I was never going to listen to the episode. Uh, I'm shocked that you listened to it. I think I may have lost a bet with uh, Chuck Stunning. Did you? I think I owe her a dollar. Let's take a listen to a clip. Okay. And uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord can go uh, bite my ass. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you think he'll actually listen to this? He doesn't listen to this. Are you kidding? I think think I'm going to send it to him and he's going to send it on and he'll never hear it. No, he'll never, he'll never listen to this. He'll never listen to this. It'll probably make him crazy too. Cause I'm, I'm going to go, oh, that's good enough. First of all, he doesn't even listen to the podcast. Well, no, that's not true. He listens to it probably more than any human being on the planet because he has to edit edit it and engineer it together. Um, but I guarantee you, if he doesn't actually have to do any work on it, he won't be listening to this. All right. Well, <laughs> you made a guarantee. Uh, oh, I should have. Well, I would have lost the bet. I would have lost the bet. I think, yeah. I think Chuck would have been savvy enough to have uh, taken that bet. Uh, well, you know what? I'll give her a dollar just because I'm a nice guy. You know, it's like, you know, when you move out of the house and when you're a kid (laughs) and then you feel this compulsion, you want to stop by the house and knock on the door and say, Hey, I used to live here. Can I come in? And then of course they say no. I've never done that. That's Uh, I I, I did that. Oh dear. That's creepy. Uh, yeah, it was. All right. (laughs) What have you been up to Nelson since January? Uh, you know what? I want to I want to talk about a couple of things that I don't normally talk about um, uh, on the podcast because anybody who's listened to this show already knows all of the stuff that I'm watching and reading. So I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about three things, maybe four, that um, have really are really making me happy this month. And let me tell you, I really need some happy in my life this month. All right. Um, first of which is um, a comic book called Logic Comics, and it's a how do I describe this? It's like a novel in illustrated form. It's not a superhero. It's not uh capes and types kind of thing. It's a story. It's, it's a true story of this um, philosopher slash mathematician named Russell Bertrand in England and the birth of, of the quantifiable logic. And he was trying to find a way to, to marry the, the, uh, 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 existential um, abstract ideals that philosophers have with the more sort of quantifiable concrete 
um, truths that mathematics can provide. And he wanted to find a way to bridge <laughs> those two together. And this is the story of his life. And it's really good. It's really good. And I feel smart reading it because they're talking about all of these really abstract mathematic principles. And I kind of understand half of it. Huh. You know, and I'm really, it's a bit of a page turner and I'm really, really enjoying it. And it's a, it's a graphic novel. It's illustrated. It's illustrated, but it's, um, it's kind of, it's, it's really hard to describe in that it's the story of the, the, the creative team. It's these two artists and these two mathematician scientists. And so it, it, you, it starts with them talking about the comic book and then it switches to scenes from Russell Bertrand's life from the point of view of Russell Bertrand. Mm -hmm. And so you get to see him grow up and you get to see how he progressed and people he met along the way, teachers and students. But it always kind of goes back and forth between the narrative of his life and then the the creative team talking about how to tell this story. It's really good. I'm not finished yet. I'm about, I'm almost done with it and and I'm just fascinated. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, It was originally published in Greek and just recently got translated into English. And a friend of mine who now lives in Greece sent it to me. And uh, I love it. I love it a lot. If you can find it, it's called Logic Comics. L-O-G-I-C-O-M-I-K? No, X. No. Logic Comics. They did the, the X. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, they are Greek. Uh, if, you know. They, then they, they probably wrote that in Greek. Yes. Probably not comics with an x probably not um but oh there's another thing okay uh it's on youtube it's and you're gonna groan a little bit why it's called star trek continues okay uh it's a fan um supported show it did like a i don't know if it was a kickstarter or an indiegogo um but uh it was definitely crowdsourced um for funding Mm -hmm. and it's this creative team that are recreating the original Star Trek series. Um, they rebuilt the original Enterprise set with the bridge and the, the, the some of the rooms and the hallways and shuttles and all that stuff. Um, the costumes are perfect. The, the, the actors who are playing them are actually playing Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, but they're just different people. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing impersonations. They're actually, they're embodying these characters in a way that's, that's familiar, but very much like their own take on it. Like, Are their episodes the same length? Yeah. The stories sound exactly like an original episode with like really over the top morality and, and, um, uh, and, the, it, it's color corrected the same way. The special effects are done the same way. The, you know, but they're done digitally rather than practical effects. Yeah. Um, and it's the same length. And the kicker is they actually get, <laughs> like a bunch of D-list actors. Like that, they got one of the original actors who played a villain in one of the episodes. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but they get him to come back and now he's just an ancient version of that villain. And they explain the time difference and how and why he's older now and versus younger then. And stop you right there. Yeah. Did they use time travel as a nope. plot device? Nope, they did not. <sighs> All right. I'm still on board. They did not. Um there's only there's only two episodes in. Um, and, uh, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters plays Sulu and his, his George Takai is fucking dead on. Uh, Lou Ferrigno's in an episode. Linda Carter is in an episode. 
I am loving this so much. And it's and it's still grown. Like there are points where it's like, oh, in the same way when you watch the original, it's like, oh, that writing could have been better. It still has all of the 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 stuff that I love about it. All everything that was wonderful about it, everything that was just hokey and cheesy about it. I am loving it. I just wonder why you think I would have grown at that. That sounds that sounds really great. Especially it sounds well, like it's tremendous service. Yes. To fans Absolute who are passionate fans of a thing. Yes. I can definitely get behind that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, you don't, you're not much of a Trekkie. And so I don't know how much of this reference. I'm, I'm not a Trekkie get. at all, but I, I, I think that there's this notion that I hate Star Trek. No, I know you don't. No. I know you don't hate Star Trek. I, I know you don't. I just find it fucking boring. <laughs> no, just you just kidding. don't really know enough about it to really like have a, a conversation. I about. just don't like Star Trek without Chris Pine in it. Wow. He really fixed that franchise. I will, I, will, I will say this, actually, on, on that note, the, the actor they have playing McCoy on Star Trek Continues is awful. Oh. Awful. He is just, he's an awful actor. Everybody, everybody else in the show is great. They added a new crewman. Um, I forget her name, but she's uh, like the, the ship psychologist. And they added her to, uh, uh, and I understand why, because it, it, it brings a human element to the show. Because it's a, it's you know, it's almost like we're we're introduced to this to this series through her point of view most mm-hmm. of the time, and so I get it. And she's actually really wonderful. Uh, uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, it's on YouTube. The two episodes in Star Trek continues, so fucking good. Oh my god! I'll I'll watch an episode of it and I'll I'll see if I'm on board. I yeah. didn't, I, I I can't say that I've seen every episode of the original series. No, I've seen a lot of them. I've seen uh, all of them hundreds of times yeah. in multiple variations. So, I'll, but I'll still, I'll still give it a shot because because your enthusiasm is contagious. <laughs> <laughs> he said, brimming with enthusiasm. Right. Uh, I think, and then one other thing. Um, I don't read Marvel comics, not as a rule. It's just I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I decided, you know what? Let me branch out a little bit. I I reached out to the internets and I crowdsourced some Marvel titles that I should be reading, asking people, you know, hey, other than Hawkeye, because that's the one title I read, is there anything else I should be reading? Anything else I should be looking into? And uh, there were suggestions all over the gamut, but consistently what came up was the all-new X-Men. Uh, so I picked it up. I picked up the first six issues mm-hmm. um, from Comixology. We should probably get them to sponsor this show. <laughs> I you, talk about They get a, a plug, lot. like, uh, the last, like, a seven episodes. Lot. Yeah. Um, I don't really know much about the X-Men. I mean, I know um, I know what I know from the movies, mm-hmm. from the cartoons, mm-hmm. um, um, from like the one or two graphic novels I've read in my entire lifetime, and then just stuff I picked up off the internet. Mm-hmm. So I would never consider myself an X-Men uh, fan. Okay. You know, I'm, I like, I understand them. I appreciate them. I'm never, I've just never, you know, gone out of my way to enjoy them in the comic book form. Sure. Um, so... All new X Men. This is volume four. Um, I don't. I guess Marvel does like in DC. You have the Golden Age, the Silver Age. What was once the Modern Age is now the Platinum Age, and what is now the Modern Age is right. the New Fifty Two. Um, Marvel does volume one, volume two, volume three, volume four in that same regard. And so this is volume four. This is like Marvel's New Fifty Two. Is that Marvel now? Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, but it's but it's referred to as volume four when I'm looking it up on Comicology. Okay. Uh, and so in this, you have this X-Men team 
as it appears now in their continuity, right? So the Beast is blue and furry. Um, Scott Summers' Cyclops was once got the Dark Phoenix power and then he killed Professor X and then he lost it and now he's like, you know, the world hates him. He's now teaming up with Magneto. So wait, so this all takes place after X-Men, Avengers versus X-Men? Yes. I don't know. I don't know enough that, about... That's when that happened. Okay, yeah. So this is, the, this is their moderate... This is their, car, their current continuity. And so the world kind of hates or fears Scott Summers because he's working with Magneto. And, and he was a total dick in Avengers vs. X-Men. He's still a total dick. Well, yeah. Good. <laughs> well, at least they're, they're keeping parts, as many upgrades as they may make to certain uh, yeah. members of their team. Uh, at least they are consistent in certain personality traits. And that Scott Summers, fuck Scott Summers. Yeah. Uh, Forever. Right. And so. With a chair. And so uh, Wolverine is now like in charge of the school and Kitty Pride is like one of the headmistresses. Um, and so you, so all of that is still part of their current continuity. What all new, the all new X-Men or what is it? Wait, the all new, some, yeah, the, the you all, said, yeah, all new X-Men, all new, the X-Men or X-Men. Oh fuck. Now I'm getting all mixed up. Anyway, it's all new X-Men. Basically beast is dying from some kind of like rare condition that's only that only happening to mutants right and he's the I mean, he's the only one who has it because he's he's the he's the one who's kept fucking with his own mutant mutant gene and so he's dying and so and so he decides he's going to go back in time i know relax i know he go back he goes back in time and he gets the original x-men team and we're talking like an 18 year old scott summers mm-hmm. and and Angel and Iceman and what you know, Wonder Girl, and he brings them from their their time to current time in hopes that his current Scott Summers will meet his past self and become a better person. I'm so tired of this story. Yeah, but you know what? It's really good. Look, it's really I don't like good. time. I don't like time. Travel I know you don't like time stories. travel. I I am very excited about the new X Men movie because I loved. Uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that... I was also a child. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> take that with a salt lick. Uh, uh, I, I, you know what? The time draffle MacGuffin only happens once. And uh, granted, I mean, there are 23 issues and I'm only on issue... It like doesn't have to happen. It doesn't, if it happens once and it's the... The 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 backbone of the entire premise. Well, no, it's not the backbone. It's the catalyst that makes it all happen. It's the it's the, it's the it's the you it's, still it's have the plot device that they need to get the original X Men to meet the, how they are now. Oh, I I don't like it. It's good. Uh, I have to admit, it's really good. Is Toad in it? Uh, I don't know. I'm only six issues in. If if Toad doesn't show up in six issues, your book isn't worth shit. <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, I'm really liking it. Like, there's this whole like existential crisis that that all of like the original X Men have. Like, oh my God, is this what I have to grow up to be? You know, 18 um, year old Scott Summers is 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 um, mourning the fact that you know old Scott Summers killed Professor X, and and Angel is like wondering where the hell he is and what the fuck happened to him. And um, Iceman. Changes very little, actually, which I think is in keeping with the continuity. Like, he's still very much, you know, an arrested, uh, developed kind of guy, you know. Uh, and Iceman's best work was on Spider-Man and Friends. 
I agree. Saturday actually. morning. Cartoons. I absolutely agree. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm a little lost because they're making references to all kinds of things that happened in in years in, in like the decades I wasn't reading it. So, but there's enough there that I that I kind of get. Oh, that must be an important thing that happened. there must be something really magical happening because, like when when they soak things that intensely in references in deep cut references for yeah the, it, it it always bums me out it always that comes across as really hacky writing for me and well but it's not but it's but the thing is it's always done in general terms like they'll always say hey yeah remember that time when cyclops killed uh professor x and they do like a family guy style cutaway no they don't but they, but it's like you you don't need to understand the plot the the, the story arc where it happened, you only you only have to understand that Scott killed his father figure mentor. That's all you really need to all know, right. you know. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, I'll keep I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll keep this podcast updated with uh, you know future readings. But I'm liking it so far. You know, I didn't I didn't want to rant about this, but this has kind of reminded me of something. And What's up? I think I finally put my finger on what it is that bothers me about the New Fifty Two. Okay. Um, I still read a bunch of New Fifty Two books, only Batman books. As do I. I read a bunch. I probably of the read a lot books. more than you do. Oh, you probably do. Yeah. Um, and and the Batman books, I mostly still like them, but almost everything is a, a like a wink and a nod to like classic Batman lore. Uh, the Red Hood Gang showed up. Hey guys, remember the Red Hood Gang? And then and they're doing this zero year thing, and there's like he meets a member of the Red Hood, and the and they're fighting in a chemical plant. He falls into a vat of chemicals. Hey, did you see that? People who like the Killing Joke. There's there's so much. <laughs> there's so many like endless nods to uh to old batman lore like i swear there was an issue recently where somebody actually said they sang there's a character in the background singing a song and the lyrics were loosely you ever dance with the devil by the pale moonlight that's a fucking tim burton movie but they still like they put it in there and then it's as though the writers are then like looking up from their easels and going huh did you did you see what we did huh the fact that the fact that jason todd is still a character in this world that yeah but the thing is, here's the problem. There are there are kids who are reading comic books now who didn't read The Killing Joke, you know, who are just being introduced to these comic right, books. Right, then they're getting a reference for the sake of a reference. No, they, but the references are never... You don't need to have read any of that old stuff to enjoy what's being done now. Well, no, but they're. I guess maybe then they're they're honoring some of the worst elements. The Joker falling into a vat of chemicals yeah. is the worst Joker origin story of all of the Joker <laughs> origin stories that have been told. You know what the best he, one is? The one that's never been told. That's what he. That should be his origin story. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. But you know, there's some really good stuff coming out of out of um, the New Fifty Two. Uh, no, um, yeah, Justice League Dark is really good. Is it? Um, Earth 2 is really good. Huh. Uh, I'm basically just reading until they bring Damien back and then I'm going to throw all of my comic books down <laughs> and set them on fire. Because as much as I miss that character, as soon as they go for that cheap grab of bringing him back, and let's face it, it's a matter of when. Yeah, it's a matter of when. Fuck everything. I'm done. That's yeah. when I'm done. That's That'll be my last issue. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's pretty much all I've been doing. So what do you got there, Cha-Cha? Well, I'm really excited that Walking Dead's back on TV. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. You're such a dick. The only thing. 
I mean, this <laughs> mid-season premiere, we got to see Sergeant Abraham Ford and Eugene Rosita, and uh, it was exciting. <laughs> uh, I was gone last month because I was on tour. Right, right. How, the, did, how did that go, man? Tour was great. I was on tour with did you have, uh, did you have fun? Did you Adam have... Warrock and Tribe One. It was a group therapy tour. It was two weeks on the West Coast. Did you have all the fun? Did you sing all the, the raps? All the raps. How, how is it, what's it like being in a uh, van with those uh, crazy knuckleheads? Uh, they are two of the the most wonderful people I've ever traveled with. They are really, yeah, they really are. Uh, they're 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 so sweet and kind and uh, easygoing and everybody we just I thought we had really great camaraderie I'm saying I don't know if they felt that way <laughs> I mean we had a lot of like 10 hour drives to the desert where we start sharing stories and I started realizing that I have lived a very different life than those young men y- yes you have yes, uh, you have. and of course uh, the, uh, we're talking about Adam Warrock and Tribe, Tribe One, One yeah. uh, and uh, I am I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this I'm a little jealous hmm I'm a little jealous. I like those guys a lot. I would, I would love to tour with those guys. They were great. We spent a lot of time uh, driving around and listening to classic hip hop and nice. talking shit about people we hate. Like, <laughs> like who? Um, like, and uh, and uh, and yeah. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Well, I mean, did you did you do all right? Did you sell uh, CDs? And um, did, you, did you make it okay? I, man, I brought back like a body bag full of dollars. <laughs> Good. Sculpted into the shape of my greatest enemy. Uh, no, we, we yeah, it was a successful tour. Yeah. Good, good, good. Excellent. Uh, and you're, you're working on some new stuff, some... some- <laughs> Some, uh, I'm, I'm work- I mean, you're keeping busy with, with new things. I'm, so, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to write some new rap songs because uh, I'm trying to stay busy while avoiding the hellish nightmare that is this winter yeah. and oh God, don't uh, just trying to make some songs following up from my record. Sure. I, I've taken a few months off. It's a bit of a challenge. No, I hear you. Um, I hear you. Getting back little, on the horse. Yeah. Feeling a little rusty, but uh, it's coming along so far. Good. Coming along fine so far. Good, good, good. Actually, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I've heard uh, snippets. Yes, you have of of things you're working on. You are privy. Yes, I am. I am privy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking the direction the, 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 that you're going in so far. And uh, uh, when, when, and if you decide to release these uh, nuggets of, of joy and or hate uh, onto the world, uh, they will enjoy it as well. Well, they're coming. They're coming. Good. Eventually. Good. 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 I'm not. I'm not going to dog you on when because you're still in the baby steps of these things. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll leave that to the internet. They'll start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You made me an admin on your fan page, mm-hmm. um, and I check it every now and again because it's there uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you the insanity that you have to deal with mm-hmm. in a given week is kind of hilarious, I have to say. There's some really stupid shit that you have to put up with on your fan page. I can't even imagine the shit you put up on your personal page. Oh, <laughs> so let's do something a little bit different this month instead of okay. just uh what do you want to do what do you want to do buddy well the podcast is our oyster okay now valentine's day has already passed right but we are in february yes which is valentine's history month 
<laughs> or Single Awareness Month for those of you who are uh, inclined. We put a call out on our social media for your love, relationship, and sex advice questions. Right. And tonight we are going to uh, perform... disseminate so, uh, information that neither one of us is qualified to administer. We're basically going to do a shittier version of Loveline than Loveline. <laughs> and, and that's a pretty shitty uh, Loveline. It's horrible. So we're going to go ahead and say that you're Adam Carolla. Oh, God, no, for the love of... Come on, he's got a funny voice. He's a funny guy. <sighs> he's hairy. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, and I mean, let's just face it. Yeah. I bear a striking resemblance yeah, to do. Dr. Drew. Yeah. Look, I know the internet. I read your comments. How observant internet. Um, which means I guess I will give measured, thoughtful advice. Right. Uh, and I will frequent, bring, wait, yeah. frequently peppered with incredibly problematic judgmental shit. Sure. And I will just make fun of you the entire time. In your funny voice. In my funny. Wait, so, what do you mean my funny voice? You have a funny voice. What do you mean I have a funny voice? It's funny. You're going to give me a complex. I swear to God. No, no, no. I don't mean it's funny like I'm laughing at you. I mean, like you, uh, you, you know, you'd be a great voice actor for cartoons. Okay. Good save, sir. I must admit. It's true. You have a unique voice. Good save. And it's animated. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not, I, I swear of all, like I am always saying something disparaging to you, but yeah, that's true. this time I am not. All right. All right, well then, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with all of your love questions. Love line, the nerdy love line. You can't call it the love line. Well, because Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. We are the nerdy, gonna give you bad advice for all your sexual questions line. I like that, except I don't know why it has to be nerdy. Look, you asked us some damn questions about shit that you are either serious or not serious about, and we're going to answer it as uh, intelligently or snarkily as we can possibly muster. 
depending on the 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 level of questioning in charge basically that's that? that's not bad that's is is um, it's a snappy title it rolls off the tongue okay so we so we we have a number of emails that came to epic we have yeah quite a few actually and i was really really impressed <clears throat> because usually when i wait, what are we what are you doing are you fucking wow that's wow okay um, I, I have no response to that other than, um, don't blow that near me. Why? Asshole. Don't blow what near you? Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, I got a better idea. Let's blow off his questions and let's just listen to the works of Cypress Hill and talk over them for the next hour. And oh, we'll I fucking love Cypress Hill. Right? Um, but no. <coughs> Here's okay. what we gonna do. We only got we only got a few uh, emails, and I'm really impressed because normally when we ask for emails for questions of the show, nobody actually ever writes in. And um, apparently, this was a topic that uh, was near and dear to their hearts. So yeah, they 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 really came out. I don't know that. This is the first time I've ever <laughs> logged into Damn, our email that account. Shit. It's thick, <laughs> fucking fuckballs. We've been doing this. <laughs> Just listen to the sitar. <laughs> This is the first time we've we've done this show for 18 months. This is the first yeah. time I've ever logged into our email account. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, there's never really been a reason. We've gotten emails in the past and they're always like never really had questions. They were just letters of, of, of you know, hey, great job of the podcast. Keep it up kind of thing. Right. Um, this is the first time that people are actually asking us questions in a long time. So I'll take the first one. S. Slade asks... To uh, to both of you, assuming you both have girl fans that have crushes, have you ever had a crush on a fangirl? Have you ever slept with a fangirl? Or even wanted to date a fangirl? Craziest fangirl story? Cheers, S. Slade. All right. Maybe I well, need hold to. On. Okay, no, no, I've got. To, I've got to hold on. No, no, no. You're you're going to talk a bit more on this than I am. So I'm just going to preface it by saying, um, I do not uh, have any fangirls. Um, so there are no fangirls to crush on. Um, I have never needed uh, to crush on a fangirl because again, I've never had a fangirl. Have I slept with a fangirl? Once again, never had a fangirl. Craziest fangirl story? Don't have one. Shape of the Dark Lord? I was going to say that I would like to go back to my social media and uh-huh. find the way I posed this calling for emails. Yes. We said we were going to answer your love, yes. sex, relationship, advice questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not an opportunity for you to interview us. Too late. The question is on the table. Go. No. All right. I'll tell you this. Confession time. I have definitely slept with at least one person who likes my songs. <laughs> That's all you're getting. You're supposed to be asking advice. Do you not know like Savage Love, Dear Abby? What is wrong with you? Yeah, that's way too personal. Um, and what on earth would make you think that we would answer these questions? Except that Lugo did, and now I'm not. So let's move on. Moving on. We have D. Van Pelt. And he starts off, Messieurs Schaefer and Lugo. That's I like, us. I like that I got yeah. first, even though alphabetically you would go first. No, I'm, 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 I, I enjoy just being called Monsieur. It is, it's nice. So far, this letter is awesome. Okay. 
Uh, first, I thoroughly enjoy the podcast. All Thank right. You. Uh, there are a number of compliments that I could shower on you both, but none of them would do you justice. Oh, Aww. you're far too kind. That's too kind. That's way too kind. On the topic of hand, uh, at hand, I've been out of the dating scene for about five years, largely by choice. Between school, work, and uh, plain apathy, <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, it had not really occurred to me to seek out a lady friend, and when it does, I find that I don't really want to do it for me as much as I want to do it to meet social norms. I'm fine with being single and alone, but there's pressure from friends and family to get a girl and work towards marriage. So my question is this. Is it better to go with what I know works or try to find me a nice girl and maybe enjoy myself more? And if you suggest the latter, and I feel silly asking this, how should a man in his, late, in his mid, mid to late 20s go about it? Your friend and mine, D. Van Pelt. Oh, it's terrific. It's that's actually a very interesting question. I, you know what? My gut instinct, and I'm actually honest, answering this as, as sincerely as I can because this was a very sincere letter. All right. Um, if if you are if you are, I, I guess my my answer is twofold. One, if your choice to be alone is um, because you actually sincerely enjoy being alone, you find happiness in your solitude, and you are uh, comforted and empowered by it. They keep doing it. Fuck social pressure. You know, uh, you don't need to uh, uh, kowtow to to peer pressure in that way. However, if like your loneliness is stemming from, and again, I'm speaking more from my own personal experience. Uh, if your loneliness is stemming more from, you know, fear of rejection or it's just easier to do it that way because, you know, you don't have to be as vulnerable and putting yourself out there, then maybe I would look into that. But again, I'm no expert. Yeah, you know, the thing that, that, that strikes me about this is that you sort of projected the word loneliness into this, or lonely, and he, he never says that he's lonely. Uh, right, no, I am. I am projecting that. Yeah, yes. he, yeah. He, no, he never does. It, it really, I mean, it already sounds like the, the, D. Van Pelt is already saying that, yeah. he says a number of times, I'm already fine with being alone, I've made this decision that yeah. I'm going to take myself out of the dating scene. He feels compelled to do it, mostly yeah. to meet societal norms, and there are a number of poor decisions for being in a relationship and that's yeah. one that I hadn't considered but that's one that I would definitely <laughs> include on the list being in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship because you think that that's what you're supposed to do because of what society dictates or yeah. you have pressure from whatever uh, is not fair to yourself it is not fair to your partner absolutely absolutely and I, so I say keep on trucking buddy uh, keep doing what you're doing solo if you, you know? finally if you do find that you uh, long for companionship or right. you, or you do reach some kind of loneliness you decide that you want to do it for some other reason than to meet some sort of expectation that's been put on you from an exterior source mm -hmm. uh then i would recommend that a fellow like you uh start uh, with online dating yeah from what i hear a lot of people have a, a, a good time with it well that can be a pretty pretty iffy situation actually i i would recommend online dating for someone who hasn't been in the dating scene for a long time well that's what um, i just did no i know but i that's wouldn't a, that's exactly the I advice know, i just gave but it's but you not, keep saying but yeah because you keep interrupting me yeah i know i'm gonna do this forever nice go uh it's not it's it's only a placeholder um you know, it's it's a it's it's a it's a means to an end, and not I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for very long. It's an easy way to get a lot of good first dates, to get 
like to get practice, to get back into um, uh, uh, getting comfortable being in a social situation with someone who could be a potential romantic partner. I would not recommend it for anything past the first date. At least I have heard way too many horror stories from way too many people to comfortably recommend online dating for any kind of serious relationship getting. You know, but it is a great opportunity if you've been out of the loop, say, for like five years and you want to get back into the swing of things. It's great to like rack up a whole bunch of first dates to get all that practice out of the way. I don't know. <laughs> you've, already, you've already made a prediction for how it's going to end and you're already sort of damning it by saying like only do it if you're only do it for first dates I don't really feel is no I mean yeah, I, I feel mean, that's kind of discouraging and well, more, more mean, daunting online, advice on its own online dating just go online and meet some people and go on dates and have yes, fun and see what happens absolutely don't go in there with Nelson Lugo's suggestion that this is only one date because you already well no 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 I guess I, I'm, 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 I'm not explaining myself correctly I'm, what I'm saying is from the sheer amount of anecdotal uh, evidence I have gathered from friends and colleagues about online dating is that it's not the, the odds are kind of stacked against you when it, when it comes to finding the one person you All want right. to spend you're, your life. It's still, I, you're just re- repeating it and you're still being, I just feel that that's still kind of discouraging. You know what? Here, what? D, D Van Pelt, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. You're doing all right. If you're if you are if you are good to go on your own and you're good to go for on your own for a while, just keep doing that. Just keep doing it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Holler at us because we'll probably both be at our respective partners. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you want to take the next one? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. (sighs) Guess what? I already know what this was a bad idea. This one comes to us from an N. Uh-huh. We're just going to call this this writer N. Well, can we can we say the gender? Yes. Yes. This lady N that we're going to call N. Uh, the title of this email is Married Sex. Yes. Hello, dears. Now that I'm locked down for life, I sometimes find myself worried that someday our sex life may stale. Forever is an awfully long time, and there are only so many places to put it. (laughs) What's your best advice on preventing the sizzle from simmering? Love and miss you both. N. Wow. Well, let's see. Um, My marriage ended after two years in a flaming pile of tears, regret, and misery. Oh, good. It is the Valentine's Day episode, isn't it? Yes, it is. And if I may recall, your marriage didn't fare so well either. She was the guest on the last Valentine's yeah, Day Yeah, if you want, you can go back to episode seven to recount. I think my marriage fared just fine. I think we're now terrific friends. Except that you're not married anymore. No, we're not married. So I don't. So what's the problem? I'm, I'm not saying there is a problem. We're better friends than we were when we were married. I know. However... So I just say you can't draw this comparison by saying your marriage fell dra- apart too. I'm not drawing a comparison. Dr. I'm- Schaefer and I are homies and you just said flaming pile of tears. I think you don't, I don't even know how that makes too sense. Much, Mr. Schaefer. Do the tears evaporate or do the tears put out the flames? But how can are you, you be flaming and full of tears? I'm sorry. Are you your trying to convince so me or are you trying to convince you here? Because me think you're getting awfully defensive, sir. I don't know. Try introducing pornography or dirty talk. <laughs> well, look here, Anne. Uh, have you tried nasal intercourse? I, I, I heard 
Uh, nasal intercourse is the new fad for kids. Um, you're going to need a lot more lube than you're going to need with anal, uh, per se. But uh, uh, if you can get it in there, it's going to be pretty good. I think that that's terrible advice, <laughs> and I think you realize that. I think it's cartoonish and foolish, and I'm embarrassed to know you right now. <laughs> you're on timeout. You know, I will say this. I will say this. Yeah. Uh, never underestimate the power of a date night. It is important. I, I, I found that in, in the short run of my marriage, um, our time was exceedingly better when we planned one night a week to just go out on a date, mm-hmm. to just be with each other, to just, you know, um, check in with each other, to just enjoy each other's company and only do that. And, and if you can manage one day a week where the two of you can have a date where you both do something you both enjoy doing, that's going to help you in the long run. You know, other than that, I mean, I can, I can give you like advice for up to two years after that you're on your own. All right. I think <laughs> you want to prevent the sizzle from simmering. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to introduce the danger of imminent death <laughs> at, <laughs> all the time. Set booby traps in the bedroom. <laughs> Add additives to drinks that aren't carbonated. <laughs> just remind one another that there's danger because danger inherently increases excitement uh urgency intensity in all situations there's no reason that that should not extend to the marital bed um yeah also in keeping with that like just try choking the shit out of them you know what i mean like like during during uh intercourse uh, just wrap your hands around his throat and just choke the ever-loving shit out of him. And then just like right before he's about to like go black, as you can always tell because the eyes go a little glassy right before, just smack him as hard as you can to like snap him back into it. And then, yeah, that usually livens things up for a little while. Also, right before you go to bed, I suggest uh, you play a game of Operation while you're both wearing shot collars. And holding one another's controllers. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. That's good. Uh, also, never, uh, never underestimate the value of of uh, you know livestock. You know. Uh, I'm going to stop you right there. All right, moving right along. So our next letter comes from C. Muldrow. Uh, title. Wait, who? C. Muldrow. Uh, Muld- Muldrow. Okay. Right. Uh, a sexy question. Dear Epic Pie Cast Sirs, I see what you did there, Sam Muldrow. Uh, I take a little bit of, I like a little bit of kink in the bedroom. How about you? I'm always down for suggestions of things I can do to give and receive more pleasure. Care to tell us, avid listeners, some things that turn you guys on? How about things that turn you off? Any techniques uh, you're very proud of? Ooh, anything you've ever wanted to try but haven't? I wish up to spice up my sexy times, and I require advice. Please help. See Muldrow. Um, wow. Wow. You just opened up the whole Pandora's box there. There's a number of questions there, see? Thanks for writing. Yeah, thank you for writing. But again, the, uh, kind of the thing I said before, I feel some of these questions are quizzing us yeah. about indulging. But you know what? Certain... You know what the listeners want to know? I mean, they're, 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 they might be curious about our lives and how we live it. Do they really want to know what kind of things turn us on? Maybe. I mean, this is the love advice maybe episode. We should, maybe we should tell them the things that they would be surprised to know. I think both of those are the same statement. All right. 
I'll I'll give one. Okay, you go first. I am incredibly, almost psychotically turned on by the scent of gasoline. Are you really? Yeah. That surprised the shit out of me. That's why that's I thing said I didn't, that. That's a thing I didn't even know about you. Oh, God. <clears throat> I don't just like the smell of gasoline. Yeah. Like, it, it's a thing. It, it's a, it does a thing to me. It does it. Like, things move. And Guess what happens when I fill up a car? <laughs> you get horny? Yes. <laughs> you asked. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything... About me, that kind of gets my goat. Is it goat getting? <laughs> no. Oh, you know what it is? I don't want to know uh, what it is. No, it's actually it's 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 it sounds really mundane, but there's there's a thing about a woman wearing a necktie. I cannot control my functions when I see a woman wearing a necktie. Huh? Yeah. That. Like I, I get I get dizzy. My heart beats really fast. My palms get sweaty. I get really shy really fast. It like I get massively turned on by a woman wearing a necktie. Well, no. Well, there you go. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. How about things that turn you off? Oh, uh, I mean, outside of like you know the obvious things, there's a thing, <laughs> and a lot of women do it, and I think it has it, it's nobody's fault. It's just. Nobody, like, there's no, there aren't uh, classes on this, at least easily accessible. But when a woman goes down on me. Jesus Christ. And, and she kind of, she tugs on my penis like it's a pull start motor. It, it turns, it's, it hurts. And, and I'm in the throw of things. So I don't say anything because I don't want to, I don't want them to feel bad about what they're doing. I don't want to like, you know, so I kind of like, just kind of take it and Yeah. Is a if you're if you're ever ladies or gentlemen, um, if you're ever uh, handling a gentleman's uh, member, uh, treat it gently. Treat it gently until until you're told otherwise, and then you know get permission to go do other things. But at first, you want to go gentle. It's not a pull start motor. Uh, you know you want to. Are you? I, you I, know. I don't know when I'm supposed to stop you from continuing to say this thing that you're saying. <laughs> It's horrifying. <laughs> I know. That's a big turnoff. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Uh, What's a big turnoff for you? Uh, a Hotmail email address. Oh, shut up. Shut the fuck up. You're, you're a dick. <laughs> a Hotmail email address. Oh, wait. I can do better than that. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to because that's a cop out. Biggest turnoff? Yeah. Soup. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Don't ever serve me soup. Don't, ever, right. don't ever make a date to get soup. Don't ever make a, a soup date? I don't want to even fucking talk about soup. Dude, you like soup. I've seen you eat soup. I like soup more than I like Hotmail email addresses. Oh, for the love of all right, coot nanny. Wait, uh, any techniques you're very proud of? Not going to answer this, and I'm not going to let you answer this. Well, I did make one up called the monkey fist. Jesus that's when fucking. That's it, does, it. Doesn't okay. That is where um, you put your whole hand inside someone, either via the vagina or the ass, and you put it all the way in there. Then once you're in there, you curl up your fingers and you try and make as tight a fist as you can, and then you pull out really fast. That's the monkey fist. You've never done that to a person. You've never done that to a human being's body. You don't know that. No, I do. No, you no, don't. No, I do, because you, you look like you're trying to tell a joke. You look like you're trying to tell a joke. I... I'm trying to point out that you've never actually done that. It's, it's funny. You've got, a, you've got a term for a really extreme sexual practice that you wouldn't do to somebody, but and that you haven't. There's also the screaming pelican. Don't, ooh, actually, I do want to hear that. Uh, scream pelican is when you are uh, having sex on the beach, having sexy time on the beach. Are you having the drink sex on the beach? No, 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 no. No, you're, 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 having, you're having intimate relations. You know they have a drink named after that. I know. Uh, you're having intimate relations, physical intimate relationships uh, with uh, someone on the beach. And uh, this is where you, um, it has to be the, uh, uh, the uh, 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 has between, one of the partners has to be a man. And so basically you dip your dick into the sand and then you just kind of go to town inside of an orifice. Screaming pelican. Why do I ever let you speak in front of people? That was just, that was just terrible. <laughs> Anything you've ever wanted to try but haven't? Oh, anything that I haven't? I always thought skydiving would be fun. Um, I would like to uh, tour the United States uh, via like the weird roadside attractions, like the world's biggest ball of twine, like the world's largest frying pan, you know, like the tiniest, you know, train village. I'd like to like go from like the East Coast to the West Coast visiting all of those things. Okay. I wish to spice up my sexy times and I require advice. Please help. So that's the advice part of the question. The rest of it was a little Q&A with us. Right. Like we were applying to be your assistants. Sure. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I got, I, I'm, I'm going to get the job. Uh, my resume. I look really good on paper. Uh, yeah. I, I look right. I look amazing. Now we get to the end and we get the advice. We get this pan advice. Sure. I want to... Sure. S- here, here's the heart of this advice question. Right. I want to spice up my sexy times and I require advice. Please help. Uh, I find that booze helps a lot. That's... All right. Booze. Booze. If you drink more, uh, you're, you lower your inhibitions and then you'll pretty much sleep with anything. I feel if you always introduce... Just a touch of the threat of imminent death. <laughs> also, it don't, makes everything yeah, more exciting. And also, be open to a little, you know, slap and choke every now and again. That's all I'm saying. A little slap, a little choke. Never I mean anybody. by firing squad. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Or a falling piano. Wow. That's... For the Tex Avery what's the What's the safe word for a falling piano? Well, what's well hold on. Time out. I have a two-part question. First part question is, what's your safe word? Second part question is, what's a safe word? What would be your safe word for a falling piano? 
I I have to have two different safe words. I, feel. I guess not. Yeah, I, I you guess. don't use a safe word for a falling piano. You dodge. Fair enough. What's your safe word? I'm not going to tell you that. Why not? It's triggering. Oh, okay. And you will exploit that. Because you're always looking to get some sort of upper hand on me. You're trying to control me, man. I look, I know what you do. I know what you do. I know the way you think, you plot, and you write your little schemes. Uh, yeah. No, that's oh, not, a, that's not oh, a thing I'm going to no, do. No, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. I will no, do The internet would, will probably would, do no, that. No, you would exploit that shit. Like I a would hypnotist not. for an audience. No. You're a fucking carny. I would never exploit that. But I cannot say the same for the internet. The internet might do that to you. I will not do that to you. Do you so, see Muldrow, we recommend booze. <laughs> booze. That is the safest advice we have. Uh, this was a long one. Uh, so is this episode. <laughs> so is your face. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and speed read this as much. Um, There's a lot of questions in this one. Yeah. You're going to have to keep track. Okay. Or just remember the poignant ones. Okay. Dear Nelson Lonely Hearts and Schaefer the Dark Love. That's actually really good. Oh, my God. Strap it's in. so this... long. Yeah. Strap I in. I can't do this. Strap in. It's a longin'. Uh, I'm a white male nerd in his late 30s. Um, I'm assured of my sexuality. You gotta read faster. This is so long. Shut up. I can't. This is as fast as I'm going. I'm assured of my sexuality and my appeal. It's like a press release. Oh my God, shut up. If you keep interrupting me, I'll never get through it. Fuck, I lost my place. Well, I'm a white male nerd in his late 30s. I'm assured of my sexuality and my appeal to who I might be attracted to. I'm stably employed. I have a personality and interests I feel are offbeat but healthy, and I keep fairly filled, fit, and hygienic. I'm often thought to be up to 10 years younger than I am. I regard women as equal. Sign- oh, blah, 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 yakety, schmackety, blah, blah. Uh, I'm trying to get to a fucking question. Hold on. Uh, right now, uh, hold on. Um, I've gone through crazy long dry spells in ordinance of years. So have I big deal. Um, right now isn't one of them. I'm sleeping with a girl almost 13 years younger than me. Good for you. I hope that doesn't sound predatory. It isn't unless you're 18. Um, she's the one who uh, initially put the moves on me. Um, okay. I don't, you're kind of bragging now. It's very nice. <laughs> Through the nature of the relationship remains amorous. Great. On paper, it's a FWB. What's a FWB? Friends with benefits. Okay. On paper, it's a friends with benefits. Sitch by necessity. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, I'm anxious if I would want the long-term investment in her as a girlfriend. Blah, blah, blah. Um, who I do want as a girlfriend is a friend whom I've been... Fr- oh, here we go. Who I do want as a girlfriend is a friend whom I've been friends with. For, uh, with for three years. The she's, other woman. There's another woman. She's in her early... Well, she's just friends. There's, there's no friends with benefits here. Um, she's in her early 30s. Beautiful, funny, talented. Sure. Okay, whatever. Uh, uh, more than sexy. Okay, and my kid wasn't obvious. I'm smitten. Cherub shot me in the butt. Blah, blah, blah. I'm... I'm afraid I will make the same old mistake as almost every other time I've tried to graduate a friendship into a relationship. And a, Oh, okay, hold on. I know where this is going. Okay. So he's so he's he's sleeping with his friends with benefits thing. That's not the important issue. The issue is that he has a friend whom he has deep feelings for, and he wants to know what's the best way to turn a friend into a relationship. <coughs> okay, rule number one: you are not getting friend zoned at all. He doesn't say that. I know, that but I want to I want to beat this in the, in the in the bud because there are people out there 
who who feel like they've been friend zoned by men and or by no actually by women because women don't actually use the friend friend zoned um use the term friend zone uh here's what you do you tell her you like her and you want to take her out on a date that's it if she says yes then you're off to the races and then you can explore what this new relationship means to the both of you right if she says no then you get to still be her friend or you're that dick done yeah that's that's pretty sound advice nelson I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But if you stop being her friend because she doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. And again, here's the thing. I'm probably I'm probably speaking a bit more aggressively towards you, um, uh, Mr. Uh, v. Baptiste, but I'm not directing this towards you. I'm directing this towards the internet. And I'm using you as an example. So please forgive me. If you have a woman who happens to be a friend of yours, and you want to move it into a more intimate relationship, and she doesn't, you either get to still be her friend, or you become an asshole. It's that simple. Did you read the last bit of his letter? No, no, what do you say? I don't know if your perspectives on this matter are authoritative. (laughs) You're you're both 40-year-old single men, one divorced. Well, Well, two. Two divorced. Technically. But I'll... I imagine it'll be wildly entertaining to hear you try to unravel this knot and maybe it'll inspire some clarity. Dazzle me, you bastards. I don't feel that we have done that. No? No. What do you want, what do you want to unravel then? I just feel that there are no tigers in this story anywhere. What do you mean? Like a, like a pack of tigers. <laughs> Jungle cats hunting. Okay. I don't, wait, I, don't, I don't understand the metaphor you're going for here. It just... I'm trying. Well, he wanted to be dazzled. I oh, we were like, I see. I thought we were like pitching something for his advice. So you're giving the advice, but I'm just painting a background picture oh, I see. of like a pack of just stalking tigers. Well, maybe maybe they're I should, closing in on maybe your Maybe I should tell it again, but this time with more lions and unicorns. Well, no, don't. You don't have to do it. I just we combine the two things. Now the, okay. the audience has heard the words, and then they've they've heard the imagery, right. so they they so they know what okay. they're like. Okay, I, I will. I will supply some sound effects. Here's some jungle noises. Where's your, where's your narrative? You have to say, you have to talk over this. Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for noted Foley artist Nelson Lugo. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm done with that email. Uh, I hope I hope I answered your question. If not, uh, I hope you're entertained at least. Um, do you want to do the next one? This isn't, wait, this isn't even love advice. I don't even want to. I, I don't feel we, we dazzled you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. There are a lot of questions in this one. Do you want to, do you want to read this one? This one comes to us from an R shank. Got it. Hey guys. Hey. LTFT with a few questions. I'm going to guess that's long time fan, long, long time, first time, long Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. LTFT with a few questions. Hope some of these are good to use. Oh, okay. Right. One, where is the strangest place you have had sex? Uh, b- 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 in a magic shop. Why are we answering questions about ourselves? Because it's entertaining. Go. Go. You, what was your answer? Uh, I had sex in a magic shop. Dentist chair. Wow. Wait, was it in a dentist's office? Yes. Nice. Um, I'll read the next one. Craziest thing you ever, ever said by you or someone else during sex. 
Holy shit. This might get me in trouble. No, it won't get you in trouble. It won't get me in trouble. We only have 60 seconds to save the Earth. Are you shitting me? Someone actually said that to you? Ah, <laughs> uh, the weirdest thing has ever been said to me. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, strawberries! That had to have been a safe word. No. That was not a safe word. That was yelled in my ear during a uh, during a, a coital embrace. Um, what do we have here? Uh, when is it okay? Slash. When do you guys think it's time to tell someone you are in lesbians with them? It's a Scott Pilgrim reference. Ah, uh, okay. And do you think if said too soon, it can ruin a relationship? Let's clarify. What is the term in lesbians? It's in love. But uh, Scott Pilgrim, who an emotionally stunted young man, sure. center of Brian O'Malley's story. Uh, <laughs> he, he basically says in lesbians um, instead. Yeah, because he was when he was being prompted about the status of his relationship by his roommate Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked him, Scott, it's time to break out the L word. And Scott jokingly said lesbians because he doesn't he he just can't pick up on these cues that are so obvious. For sure. Him. So that's what the, that's what. So basically, the question is, when is it okay to say I love you to someone? Yeah, man, that's hard. Um, I I tend to take the the tack that life is too short, and uh, I'm I I have never been fond of of ever sitting on my impulses and ever prolonging my my emotional attachments you know so when i usually say it when i feel it you know and and i'm and that depends on the person you know that could be a week that could be a month that could be two years it really you know i don't i'm not a big fan of of sitting on my emotional states oh you certainly aren't no no you um no i wear my heart on my sleeve which might be different than most people you know and on top of the other heart that's already on your sleeve right uh and I've, I've also experienced way too much tragedy and loss in my life. And so to me, life is way too short and way too precious to ever wait for things to be right. Because if you're waiting for the right time, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. I think the best time to tell somebody that you are in love with them is immediately after the bonfire. <laughs> if you're looking for the time of event or time of the day. If you're near them and there's a bonfire on the horizon, right? You're on a beach. Sure, you're at a sacrifice. <clears throat> oh, okay. That was a piece of missing information. That shortly afterward, I'm just no. These those are two possible scenarios: a bonfire or a human sacrifice. After the bonfire is the most romantic time to tell somebody that you are in love with them, or right after a human sacrifice. If you say it too soon, it may sully the bonfire. Or human sacrifice. Forget I said the thing about the human sacrifice. I didn't mean that. Fair enough. Um, what is your personal opinion on sexting? Have you ever sent a dick pic to a lover? If so, how was it received? I love sexting. I don't do sexting. You're a lying piece of shit. I don't do sexting. You're so full of shit. No, it's serious. I don't do sexting. You announced to me in a room full of people once. Yeah. I've totally been sexting with... I think what I'm doing is actually not sexting. What I'm doing is just texting... 
is flirt texting. Is that sexting? Do you realize that sexting means sexually charged texting? My my flirting is not sexually charged. You're full of shit, <laughs> Lugo. No, I say I say things like you know you're dreamy, um, and you know you've got cute socks. Yeah, and... well, you know what? When you're having sex with a fetish clown, they sometimes tell you they love you. It's a similar kind of thing. Wait, what? Right. Um, I have never sent a dick pic. You are also full of shit. I have never sent a dick pic in my life. I have sent a dick pic to the parents of every listener of this podcast. <laughs> Ask them. They're not going to show it to you. <clears throat> well, they might. Um, who is your celebrity crush and why? Killian Murphy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He's so pretty. Uh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page. She's my she's my celebrity crush. But that's only because she's emotionally unavailable to me in every way, shape, or form. She's unavailable to you in every way, shape, or oh, form. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the most important factor to keep in mind for fostering a healthy relationship? Uh, booze? No. No. No, you can't say that. You know what? Just mutual respect, I think, you know, or candy. Because you got you can either respect someone or you can just offer them a shit ton of candy. Let me tell you, both go a long way. Um, the most important fact to keep in mind for fostering a healthy relationship. Um... I love how this is stumping us. Yeah. It's the most honest, <laughs> real question yeah, of the whole thing. I know. And we're both like, oh, I don't have a dumb dick joke anymore. Yeah. Also, they are who they are. Let them be who they are. Um, don't, don't force them to fit a mold that you think they should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's solid. Um... <laughs> Also, honesty. Just don't lie. Just don't do it. You can lie to everybody else. You can lie to your friends, your coworkers, your colleagues, you know, uh, the you know, everybody else. Don't lie to the person you're with. And what I mean is like you can <laughs> you can dodge the question of whether you're, whether those pants make them look fat or, you know, or uh if they if they did a good job at, you know, the 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 public speaking that they had to do those you could probably dodge but don't lie when it counts you know just tell the fucking truth also very solid no i got nothing that's because you sir are a horrible horrible human being to be in a relationship with yeah, I don't think I'm actually qualified to answer this question because I am a horrible person. Well, nobody to be, is. Nobody is. No, but I'm a horrible person to be with, with which to be in a relationship. You know, I was thinking about this the other day and it occurred to me that if one of us was a woman and we dated, we would have uh, broken up with each other horribly uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only reason that our friendship has, has grown and fostered is because we're not sexually attracted to each other no you want to read the next one <laughs> yeah okay looking for advice of a questionable nature for relationship love sex questions all right okay this comes from an s right 
That's right. And it's addressed to Schaefer. Oh, oh, apropos. I mean, you're both, we're both here. Yeah, but it's yours now. I am currently on a business trip 14 time zones away. Good gravy. That means when I am awake, my wife is asleep and vice versa. The few moments where our waking bits coincide, we both have work and life to deal with. Mm-hmm. What are your suggestions for keeping things fresh while far away in the land of the rising sun? Huh. So apparently they are, uh, does he say wife? Yes. Uh, married couple. One of them is working around the world. Um, you know what? I actually have an answer for this. Oh, you do. You Nelson Lugo might even have some experience with this subject. I do. Um, love notes. Just a constant barrage of notes that either through text or email or other forms of quick communication where you kind of remind them that you're thinking of them, you know, um, letting them know that you're missing them, letting, letting them know that, uh, uh, that, that you're, that they're in your thoughts more than just idle thought, but that you're, you know, that it, it's, it, it pains you to be away. I mean, all honest answers, like don't make it up, but I mean, just speak from your heart in very short kind of staccato kind of, you know, thoughts and have those peppered throughout the day so that when she wakes up or, you know, she gets a barrage of little notes that makes her feel really, really good and makes her heart grow fonder for you because then makes her miss you. And so by the time you end up seeing each other, you will literally ravage each other like two animals in the woods. Wow. All right. I think that that sound, if you keep yeah. reminding one another that you're thinking of them. And it's just nice to receive these little notes. Like, you know, um, every, every time I get a uh, text when I'm asleep and I wake up and go, oh, that person was thinking about me. It makes me feel good, you know, and, and, and I've sent it to people in the middle of the night knowing that they would see it in the morning. Uh, and it made me feel good to send it. Also, but you should keep them on their toes too. make it a little fun. Like every now and then yeah. when you know that they're asleep and they're not going to answer their phone. Right. Uh, call them and leave. I don't know what your plan is. What is it? A maximum like four minutes for a voicemail? Uh, I don't know. I think you can leave as long as you want. Okay. Them. You call them and you yeah. leave a four minute voicemail uh, in which you just scream as loudly as you can. <laughs> no words. Just, <sighs> just scream it until you're hoarse. It just, it keeps them on edge from a distance. And again, that... that well, a healthy amount of fear is also good. I've been you know. saying that literally the entire episode. Yeah, yeah. This one, uh, questions for February. <clears throat> Dear Nelson and Schaefer, very to the point, is it still considered felching if you use a straw? By the way, I think fan felch Fridays should be a thing. Sincerely, Jay. Well, there it is. Uh, congratulations, Internet. Uh, you've reached 12-year-old sort of question status. Jay, the answer to your question is yes. It is still felching if you use a straw. Technically, yes. It's better if you use a crazy straw. Do you know what they call that, Lugo? You with the cheeky names for obscure sexual practices that nobody does? You know what, you know what it's called if you felch somebody with a crazy straw? What's that? A crazy felch. <laughs> BT dubs. I think fan felch Fridays should be a thing. Well, that's not going to happen. That's never a thing that's going to happen. Alliteration's fun, but that's that's not a thing that's going to happen. Whew. Thank you, Jay. Wow. Okay. Uh, last email from uh, just titled Love Questions. 
Hey, Nelson and STD. Oh, that's... That's you. That is you, sir. What do you think is the best way to make your partner tear up and ruin their eye makeup while fooling around? Oh, my. Choking. Ah. Slapping. Gasp. Gagging. (gasps) Dot, dot, dot. Thoughts? Oh. Oh, From... L. Levine. A kink question. Oh, nice. Uh, Finally. I've got the answer to this one. Um, Oh, no. Shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) Okay. You shut your fucking mouth and you sit down. Daddy's talking now. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Tangelo. Sit the fuck. Tangelo. Oh, that's a safe word. Yeah. The best way to make your partner tear up and ruin their eye makeup while fooling around. Oh, goodness. I have, I've got a foolproof one. Mm-hmm. I like to take my partner into the room. Sure. Really kind of aggressively. Of course. And then once you get them, once you like, once you're in the, to the room. In the room. Yes. And you're, you're holding them very close to you. Sure. You push them down onto the bed. Right. Then you watch the opening scene from Pixar's Up. Yeah. And it's just not a dry eye in the place. Just eye makeup, like all the way. No, down. no, like I, eye makeup running down like, yeah. my face, and I'm not yeah. even wearing eye makeup. No, no, yeah, I, my, it ruins just my, dripping. It, I just mascara dripping absolutely. off of chins, and my eye makeup is like ruined. Nobody can. Nobody. Yeah. After nobody rest. survives that scene. Well, nobody human anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's you right, know what I mean. Yeah. If you're a heartless demon so bastard, you might get away with not crying. But then, and then during it, you say things like. You're Ellie and I'm Carl. Yeah. And yeah. then it's just. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm welling up now just thinking about it and I don't really want to cry. Is that podcast. what you're calling it now? Welling up? Um, wait, what? <laughs> and those are the questions. Those are the questions. <laughs> uh, that was weird. And whose, whose dumb idea was this? I have to say, I realized minutes into this that yeah. I I regretted this idea. This was your idea, wasn't yeah, it? This was my idea. Holy shitballs. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Um I think I think these questions broke the podcast. Um good cuz I'm done with it. Uh we'll see we'll see what <laughs> happens if there's a next one. Uh but good job guys. Good job on basically breaking us. Uh you you win this round, internet. You win this round. Um, I think I think we need a break. I need a break. I need a drink. All right, let's take a let's, quick. let's let's play some music, and we'll come back in a bit. Now throw your hands in the air. Like you just don't care And it ain't no thing if you hate the game But show love to the single players Just throw your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And it ain't no thing if you hate the game But show love to the single players I'm not a player, I just button mash And when I touch the gas, I'm much too fast and furious You're gonna have to hurry if you're running my lane You know the name, tribe, one and the same See, love is a game, and sex is a weapon So I upgrade my shields for extra protection I wanna find chess like I'm on a side quest And I'm always high def, whether retro or next gen I'm that extra man on the low For the horizontal mambo Konami code Going up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right I never settle down, I get around in my sex life I'm not sure if I mentioned before I never not been top 10 when I score Only virtual boys' intentions are pure Real men are rated M for mature 
Now throw your hands in the anchor And wave them like you just don't take her And it ain't no thing if you hate the game But show love to the single players Just throw your hands in the anchor And wave them like you just don't take her And it ain't no thing if you hate the game But show Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to welcome back to the program Friend to the podcast And uh, the replacement co-host last month in my absence Our dear friend Charles Stunning Charles Stunning! Yeah! Hey Welcome guys. back, Chuck. Hey, I just wanted to say, I, I've told you, but I want to say it like on the air, mm-hmm. that I thought you did a really terrific job co-hosting with Lugo last month. Thank you. I concur. I thought you were, I thought you were great. Um, can I just take a moment and thank my roommate of the time that he was there, Andrew Short, who, yes, Andrew without his wonderful help. advice, the podcast would have sounded really bad. Thank you, Andrew. He Thank you, Andrew. helped me so much. Yes, he's a handsome man. He is very handsome. Like, he's a beautiful <laughs> flower. Now, Charles, when you were on the program last month, the two of you introduced a contest. Yes. Remind us what the, the, the contest was. The contest was a Mad Lib that went a little like this. Pete and Neil went to blank, and they saw blank. Right, and uh, the basically how you entered the contest... <clears throat> Was that you had to email us your Mad Lib answer to that to that statement, and um, we uh, checked our email and uh, not quite sure how to put this. Um, we we did make one rule. The rule was that uh, C Muldrow was exempt mm-hmm. from winning this contest against my wishes. By the way, only because uh, I didn't also, want to shout out to C Muldrow. What up, C Muldrow? Only because um, you, we don't want to play favoritism. It just seems like you know we mm-hmm. we tend to favor C Muldrow over a lot of winners. I get to because I'm new, right? Um, but then uh, we we perused our email and uh, we uh, reviewed all of the applicants, every single one of them. And Charles Stunning, could you please? Announce the winner of our Mad Lib contest. Thank you for the drum roll. And our winner is C. Muldrow. C. Muldrow! Yeah! Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to go ahead and, and back up here. Okay. Uh, so, so you said C. Muldrow was exempt from winning because absolutely. she gets so much attention from yes. us she's mm-hmm. all the time and so much love. And she's won another contest a year ago, Yeah, actually. Yeah, she's won twice. So she can't win this one. Yep. But she won this one. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand. Well, um, after reviewing the Gmail account um, and looking at all of the entrants to this contest, uh, we realized that there was only one entrant into the contest. Oh. Un entry. Oh. Uh, the one entry. One. One. Was C. Muldrow. Yep. Okay. And so on top of so there writing. Were, there were two, it's a Mad Lib. Yeah. So there was just two words. What, what, what was the Mad Lib again? Pete and Neil went to blank, right? And they saw blank. Oh, okay. So we got one entry. So it's just two words. Uh, <laughs> no, no. You see, because because C. Muldrow is uh, a geeky, dorky, sexy type person, she wrote fan fiction. Oh, she wrote a thousand word piece of fan fiction detailing the adventures of Pete and Neil and our podcast. She wrote she wrote epic pie cast fan fiction. Oh. Yeah. And she wrote a lot? Oh, quite a bit. Oh. Quite a bit. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the epic pie cast players, 
present to you a dramatic reading of the C. Muldrow Mad Lib Entrant as done by Shafer T. Darklord, Charles Stunning, and of course, yours truly, Nelson Lugo. And we begin. <clears throat> Pete and Neil went to the fiery depths of hell, and they saw a literal wasteland, an underworld devoid of stories. The demonic presences there were far too preoccupied with bureaucracy and torture to pay attention to the wonderful details of the lives around them. While neither of them were sure exactly how they arrived, they did know that they were on a stage that was slowly being surrounded by the local inhabitants. They looked sinister. Even more sinister looking was the thick stacks of paperwork many of them carried. Some of them even had little trolleys full of papers that they were tugging behind them. Pete and Neil knew that this would be a very complicated paperwork, the kind with clauses and subclauses, addendums and appendices, the kind that will make you think you're getting a free toaster when in fact you're paying for it with your soul and, if you're very unlucky, the souls of others as well. Pete and Neil had an idea. They would use their aptitude for storytelling to save them from the terrifying and somewhat disgusting demonic creations that dwelled in the smoldering pits to save their souls, or at least avoid the tedium of paperwork a bit, and have a chance to see how this whole soul thing works out on its own. So, they wove and spun their lives into stories, both touching and humorous, and as they spoke, an aura of light began to envelop them. Dezidens of the farthest circles of hell were attracted to this phenomena, compelled to see what all the fuss was about, as they put it. The rhyming demon Etrigan was one of the first to arrive, words being the source of his power. Enthralled by the dazzling stories, he crafted several amazing shadow puppets in the glow of the storyteller's light. The shadows danced in the soft illumination, and it made the flocking demons very pleased. They found themselves relating to the stories in a way that they had not... previously. For what is a demon but a shadow in the light? How better for a demon to relate to a man than through darkness? The storytellers themselves were growing frightened. It had been a promising show with a lively audience, but now they were starting to fade. Their voices began to crack, their minds grew weary, and they wondered how long they could keep the demons at bay. What horrors awaited if their voices failed? They gave each other a glance. This was no ordinary glance. It was the glance that only two mortals fearing for their lives and perhaps their souls can give. It wasn't a psychic glance, but it spoke volumes between them nonetheless. It said, I think we're in real trouble here. It also said, Perhaps storytelling is all about abolishing our demons, or at least allowing them to rest. Maybe if we give something from deep within ourselves, we can end this right now, for realsies. This look was both complicated and nuanced, and it has been mistaken for other looks, such as, I really need to wee, or who would you, who told you that it was acceptable to wear stripes and polka dots simultaneously? Due to this, the author recommends that this look only be attempted by professionals or in situations of absolute and extreme peril. The two storytellers summoned the darkness within them and brought forth some very personal tales. What these tales were, specifically, I cannot say. 
The author is not one to spread secrets. Know that the shadows grew darker around them as they spoke. Now that the storytellers in their exhausted states gave one of the rawest and most emotional performances of their lives, two demons gained substance as they spoke, formed from the falling flakes of dead skin, a lost strand or two of hair, a missing piece of hope, a fragment of a shattered dream. These small horrors were terrifying for their creators, but not so the demons. They cooed and cherubed at the forming things as they achieved their first solid state. There was a collective sigh of bliss from the sea of the demonic dead. As their stories came to their respective conclusions, there was the hollow sound of a cloven hoof hitting the stage, just visible at the edge of their glow. The devil emerged from the shadows. It couldn't be said to have a clear gender. It was both. It was neither. At times, she was heart-wrenchingly beautiful. The next, he was a monster. Its parts shifting from one to the next, melting and reshaping like Madame Tussaud's nightmare. It had a waterfall of faces, a river of bodies. A single manly tear raced down its face, flowing, always flowing. It began to cross the stage, its wet body bulging and bubbling at the top, creating two huge and sagging breasts. They swung heavily as it moved, full of some unknown substance that was pulsing and shifting. It picked up the two small demons and placed them to its newly formed teats, where they immediately began to suckle and swell. As it rose, it leveled its gaze upon the two storytellers with an unreadable stare. Or perhaps it was readable, but the storytellers were far too exhausted to determine its meaning. So they waited, not with bated breath, but with weariness, wondering if, in the end, they had made a difference. Was their life beyond this fire, or were they doomed? You have done well, it breathed barely above a whisper. That which was once yours is now ours. We will keep it with us always. It quietly chuckled, if you could call it a chuckle. It sounded more like the dying gasp of fluid-filled lungs, or the bursting of a crushed bug. It sounded like the dark dreams that wake you screaming. The storytellers shook, barely maintaining their sanity. The devil removed the engorged things from its breast and tossed them at the demon horde. The wailing children were caught and carried off quickly. Their cries quickly became a distant echo from the far circle of hell. Soon there were sounds of screaming, human screaming. If one cared to surmise, one could surmise that the children had come into additional sustenance and were once again growing. Humans have such a similar concept of pain, that which preys on any one of you can prey on all of you. The devil spoke in the same soft, lilting tones, clumping bits of clotted blood and pus clinging to its nipples. Hell is nothing more than a place where you can't escape your demons. But you, for the present, have certainly escaped yours. It gave a brief sigh and then commanded, Be gone with you, and return when you have more fruits to bear. It laughed again. Images formed in their minds. Eve's apple, a demon's seed, blood dripping down her chin. She and Adam kissing, covered in gore, tasting only fruit. And then darkness. Silence. Pete and Neil noticed that their eyes were closed and that their hands had been pressed against the sides of their heads. Had they been screaming? They thought so, but it was all fading. 
Whatever it was that was haunting them had fled. The pustule had been popped. They felt enormously relieved and somewhat optimistic. Cautiously, they opened their eyes and relaxed and looked around. In front of them was a large wrought-iron gate and a fence extending as far as they could see both up and to either side. In front of the gate were two sack lunches, each clearly labeled with the storyteller's name, and a post-it stuck on the front of each. Pete picked up his sack lunch and read the attached note. Here in these bags contain items to your individual likings, which should help to restore your strength. Be warned, the path you travel is paved with good intentions. Do not share your food on this path. One of you will surely choke, and we wouldn't want that, would we? Pete snorted and took a look inside the bag. It contained many of his favorite foodstuffs. His stomach rumbled, but he did not indulge his protestations. Neil watched Pete with trepidation. After Pete made his observations about the bag, he gave Neil the gist of what he had learned. Neil then felt secure in examining his own sack lunch. Neil's lunch contained other but equally delicious items which he was sure to enjoy. His post-it was also unique to his bag. It contained only one word. Recluderer. He spoke it out loud, and the gates swung open. That was absurdly easy, he thought to himself, but said nothing out loud in case someone or something was inclined to agree with him. Deciding that they would rather not lunch in hell or any of its subsidiaries, they hurried up the path of good intentions. They were intelligent fellows, and neither spoke nor ate nor did anything other than hurry until they reached the end of their path, lest it be interpreted as having a beneficent motive. It had steadily grown darker as they ascended, and the glow from the fires below subsided. They could see a door, and a faint glimmer around the center of the door, as if something shiny or reflective was located in its middle. Pete stepped up to the door and felt the glimmer. Tracing its outline, he could determine that the number six and the letter C were imprinted on the door. I think it's an apartment, he said, and then opened the door. The light from inside temporarily blinded them, but they could still hear. You're listening to the Epic Piecast. I'm your host, Nelson Lugo, exclaimed one of the voices. And I'm not playing this game, said another voice. Bah, seriously? Let's try that at- said the first voice, suddenly trailing off into nothing. Pete knew that voice, and his eyes readjusted to the light. He knew that face, too. Voice number one belonged to his friend, Nelson Lugo, magician, storyteller, and all-around wonderful guy. He was in front of a microphone recording himself speak, for posterity- or eleven people, or something. Continuing to look around, Pete noticed another figure clad in purple. Yes, it was Schaefer the Dark Lord, that handsome, cantankerous, obsessive rapper. Sigh. They had finally made it back to New York. This was like hell, but not hell. Guys, we just had the craziest experience. I'll tell you a great story about it, but for the moment... Can we eat here really quickly? We're both famished, and these sack lunches look so tasty. We will share them with both of you if you like. Everyone decided that the snack sounded suitably delicious. Schaefer got plates and napkins to keep everyone tidy and made a nice spot of tea. Once the travelers were sated, they began to tell their tale, a tale much like the one I'm relating to you now, but with more personal details. Nelson and Schaefer were wildly impressed by their story and believed them without question. It was just crazy enough to be true, they reasoned. Lugo was pleasantly surprised at how cool-headed he was around Neil. As the evening continued, he managed to tell Neil several charming stories about magic. Neil enjoyed this very much, as he is, as we all know, very fond of magic. 
Throughout the late luncheon, they became friends. The kind of friends who can drunk text each other from time to time without any, you know, awkwardness. This made Lugo feel joyful, and he grinned to himself in remembrance of this day long after it had passed. Schaefer too was happy, but for a different reason. For he knew that the only way out of hell was through the front door. No one would ever leave the hellish depths without his permission. He was both gatekeeper and keymaster. And his power, infinite. And that has been a dramatic reading by the Epic Piecast players. Huzzah and good night unto you all. That was really an entry for a Mad Lib contest? Yeah. Yeah. That story uh, was really lovely. It was, <laughs> it was missing just a little something. What? Me. Oh, but you read it. You read. You were the narrator of that story. I was the narrator of that story. Uh, <laughs> I also, I also highlighted that entire story, color coded it so did. we could read you it. You it. also uh, did the voice acting of Pete and Neil speaking in unison. Oh, it's like Afterbirth Monkey, but with Pete and Neil. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, that was it. Um. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. This has been so. See, so Muldrow, we're gonna. We're going to send you some CDs uh, again. Enjoy my and... CD. <laughs> really no, do enjoy the Afterbirth Monkey CD. It's really good. And yeah. the BTK band And CD. the BTK and band it's really CD good. is really good, too, as well. I think uh, this has been a really good uh, podcast so far. Um... I think it got good at the end. <laughs> I, think it, I think it got good when Charles Stunning showed up. Yes. Thank you, Guys. Charles, for being here. Um, um, uh, I this thing was anything... on fire before you showed up. <laughs> and not in that cool, like... My heart is on fire, but more like the Hindenburg. <laughs> Holy fuck. What, too soon? Yeah, too soon. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. I'm doing a bunch of storytelling stuff. Um, but if you want to know what that is, just find me on Facebook or go to nelsonlugo.com uh, for all those dates and details. Hey, guys. I'm going to be at South by Southwest next month uh, doing the Nerd Rap Showcase on Tuesday, March 11th at the Flamingo Cantina in Austin, Texas. Wowzers. I will be on a showcase with, oh boy, <laughs> MC Frontalot, MC oh. Lars, oh. Megaran, nice. Dr. Awkward, oh, nice. Adam Warrock, Even better. Tribe One, Love him. Jesse Dangerous, Love him. More or less. Nice. And Teen Burger. Teen Burger? Yes. Nice. And me. So if you're at South by Southwest this year or you just live in Austin, Texas, please come on Tuesday, March 11th. Sweet. Hey, Charles Stenning. Hi. What do you have coming up? On February 28th, I will be at Cave in Brooklyn for a immersive theater project called Fucking Shakespeare. Ooh. It starts at 10. Nice. Then on the 2nd, Afterbirth Monkey is hosting a thing at Crescent Lounge here in Astoria. Ooh. And then... On the 10th, I am go-go kittening as the Scarlet Witch for Excelsior Burlesque's Stan Lee Show. Nice. Then on the 12th, I am popping my comedy cherry <gasps> at Andrew Singer's First Timers Night. I don't know where that is, but if you follow me on Facebook, I will keep you abreast. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell funny stories about Andrew my Singer's vagina. Andrew a great guy. On March 22nd, I will be doing Honey Badger Burlesque, The Queen's Show, name Whee! pending. Schaefer will be there. I will Hooray! be there. It's in will Astoria at Rapture Lounge. No. Do you live in Astoria? You don't live in Astoria anymore. This is, it's an Astoria theme show. I mean, you can show. come. You do realize, wait, are all Afterbirth Monkeys Astoria theme shows? No, this it's, is a Honey Badger show. Are all Honey Badgers uh, Astoria theme shows? No, because we booked you, remember? Oh, that's true. The theme of this show is Astoria. I'm going to punch you in the face. 
I'm just explaining it to you because you got a little hot under the collar there. You kind of flew off the handle a little bit. Look here, kid. And then, oh, there's more. Uh, yeah, I'm very busy this month. You are. Busy. And then on March 30th, After Birth Monkey is making their Kitty Nights debut <gasps> at White Bar NYC. 9 p.m., $5 show. It's going to be awesome. Wait, are you hosting as uh, uh, the two of you are hosting? Or are you just no, we're just doing a song. Femme loves us oh, now. Oh, wonderful. Boom. Wonderful. Wow, you have a lot more going Damn, on than girl. either of us. Yeah, you have more going You're on. More, than you you, you are outgoing and proactive well, about I... your stage career, whereas we are apathetic and atrophied. Well, the thing is... It, and decrepit. I just am trying all these new things, so it's just... You're trying all of the things. That's I'm trying true. everything. All the things. All the things ever. This is the year where I try new things. All right, kids. I think that's it. Unless anybody else has some final words. Nope. Then let's put this puppy to bed. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Epic Podcast, episode 18. I have been your host, Nelson Lugo. And I have been your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And I have been your other, other host, Charles Stunning. Be safe, internets. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Epic Piecast. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more episodes of the Epic Piecast, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.